back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we'll be talking about season four, episode 11 of BoJack Horseman, Time's Arrow. I'm your host, Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by the lazy Lindsay Wilson. How dare you? <laughs> Lindsay, how are you? How dare you? Oh my god. I will say though, the amount of homework I've done this weekend suggests maybe you're onto something, but nonetheless, I'm I, fine. Last week we spent, I swear to God, ten minutes talking about different L adjectives, <laughs> and then today all I could think of was lazy. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my god. But more importantly, Carson, happy belated birthday. How was your birthday? Oh, thank you. It was Good. What do we do on Thursday? My we I had a, a little taco night and games night at my sister's house, and I showed up, and they had put up like birthday streamers everywhere, and they had a happy birthday banner, and then we had surprise ice cream cake, and I got wonderful gifts. I got two bucket hats. Wow. One has one has French fries, and one has leopard print, and I got a Ouija board that was ordered from Russia, so it's like <laughs> real wood, and I think it's definitely haunted. Definitely. Oh my. I'm really excited about it, but the yeah, greatest and then gift of all is our guest. A ghost, <laughs> no, but yeah. So, uh, great, great birthday for me. I I was saying 29, like Schmidt from New Girl, all day. It was wonderful. But yes, you're right. Our guest is the truest gift of all because we have friend of the pod, but more importantly, friend of us. <laughs> Matt, Matt Kagan is here. Maddie, how are you? Yes, I'm very happy to be back finally part of the three timers club can't wait for me and sam right. to both get our bucket hats and t-shirts in the mail to commemorate <laughs> oh and t-shirts yeah oh that's my right God. a bucket hat and a t-shirt that seems like a lot for a third i mean a third one i think it's warranted <laughs> i think for the three the three timers club it does make sense for a hat because it's like a hat trick nice. it does, yep that's a good one i do think that's good but a right, t-shirt's a bit rich for my I will, blood. I will settle for just a hat. <laughs> good, good. You want french fries or leopard print? No, you can't have my birthday <laughs> gift hats. What the hell? I think I'll take the french fries, Sam can have the leopard print, and you will be left with nothing. You can't give away my birthday gift. You'll still have a haunted Ouija board. <laughs> my god but i look so cute in a bucket hat you look so cute kirsten sent me a very cute selfie it was very adorable the next person to make their third appearance gets the ouija board oh my god kirsten just keeps giving away her no birthday more guests. presents no more guests it's over. it's over the rest of this podcast will be myself and Lindsay. <laughs> nobody else i don't care how much people love bojack or love specific episodes even rb dub sorry guys Band. uninvited no sorry <laughs> it's Lindsay's fault <laughs> Yeah, the tracks. <laughs> turn this car around. Oh my god. Okay. Speaking of cars, what a segue. <laughs> Speaking of cars, this episode's getting released on December 7th. And finally a less depressing day of holidays. So, December 7th is National Letter Writing Day. Oh. World Trick Shot Day. Oh, it is Pearl Harbor Day of Remembrance. <laughs> and it's also Flag Day in India. So, I guess we've got some like it's it's a mixture. It's also National Illinois Day. Oh, and what time is it right now? Not wait. It's also National Cotton oh. Candy Day Sorry. and International Civil Aviation Day. Cotton okay? Candy Day. How do we feel about cotton candy? I like cotton candy. I would never go out of my way to get cotton candy, but if I had it, I would, I would snack on it. It's a little too sticky though. After a while. Hmm. Yeah. 
That's why you have to eat it just so fast yeah. that it doesn't have a chance <laughs> to melt. But yes, also, what time is it right now? Well, it's currently 12.11 p.m. in Los Angeles slash B.C. It's 8.11 p.m. on Sunday, November 28th in London. It's 3.11 p.m. in New York, where Maddie is, and it's 4.11 a.m. on Monday, November 21st in Hong Kong. 21st. 29th 2021 <laughs> back in time <laughs> i read the t- i read the 21 in uh 2021 and didn't even clock it but that's that's what time it is right now and filbert is still coming soon good good do you like our new bits maddie that we've been yeah I'm, I'm loving these segments I just... <laughs> we just we decided on them last week when we were alone but that episode obviously hasn't been released so maddie's just like yeah, well this is happening missed so much already <laughs> Oh man, yeah, we have we have a good time here. When, when when Lindsay and I get together, it's fun, especially when we don't get mugged by singles. I was on Gravel Island again today, and I was like, "All right, Cam, just remember the last time I was there, I was assaulted, so <laughs> tread carefully." Hey, you were robbed. I was assaulted. True. Like, yes. Stop it. <laughs> okay, should we talk about BoJack yes. again? I, I guess suppose. So. So, Maddie, you famously sent me a list of your favorite episodes of BoJack and said, I know some of them are probably taken, but any of these that I can come on, I'd like to. And this this is the season five episode, the season four episode <laughs> you got. I'm, my brain is bad. Why this episode, Maddie? Well, season four, as some people have been saying, is the strongest season. I probably agree. I think it's either between season three or four, but as my personal favorites but just especially just like the back half of these episodes I feel like they're all so strong and I just wanted to come on for one of them and the two that really stuck in my mind was this one and Ruthie was the other one that I remembered vividly and then when Ruthie was already taken you know nothing against nothing against the fabulous guest you had on for that one then obviously the other one I want to come on for was Time's Arrow because you know I I love an origin story. We know I love a format break. And it's just, we're getting a lot of interesting things in this in this episode that we don't usually get in an episode of BoJack Horseman. Yes, you're absolutely right, Maddie, about the episode. I love, this one also kind of delves into like a few different animation styles again. It's, I really like how all of the people's faces are scratched out. <laughs> I, I I thought all the people with no faces was very spooky to me. Mm-hmm. In a very yeah. spooky episode in general. It was spooky, but I feel like it's it's interesting that they they did it was like most of the people, but like the animals didn't have scratched out faces. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, it's just Henrietta who has the scribbled out face because it's like she doesn't want to remember. No, her. they showed more. It was more than just Henrietta that had scribbled out faces. I'm pretty sure it's just her. All the rest of them had blank faces. Yeah, the other ones had like blank faces. They didn't really I thought have... I saw. I thought I saw another squiggle, but you know I can't see. So. <laughs> yeah, because it's like she's very specifically not remembering her because she hates her so much. It's like scribbled out. But like this episode is my favorite mm. episode of the entire series. It completely wow. delivered. I, I love everything about the animation. Like I remember the first time watching this and seeing the scribbled out Henrietta face and just being like, oh, we're in for something special here. And it just sticks with me so much. Like, oh, I just think it's a masterpiece. This yeah, episode. it really stick with me, too. And it. it it like blew my mind the first time I watched it. I, totally. I like it's just one of those episodes you finish watching. And you're like, all right, I need to like take a break and just absorb what I just watched. Yeah, I remember audibly going, "Whoa!" Yeah, and then exactly. watching it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a lot. It is a lot happening here. Yeah. Oh, um, and another reason I had to come on for it is because we do get a debutante ball in this. And it's yes, and someone very, who's very in tune with the Josh Schwartzverse, where we get debutante balls in all of his shows. <laughs> I was very well prepared to to watch this. 
Yes. Well, I, I do feel like if we're going to be picky, you might be a little bit more familiar with cotillions yes. where there is more mm. than one debutante. This was a very specific. This was B's. Yes. Like coming out. A big debut. Party. It was her debut. It was not multiple people I getting debuted. I never knew that that was the difference between a debutante ball and a cotillion. Well, I don't think it, it I don't think that it, it was like for her. I don't know. I think you could also call cotillions like debutante balls, but it was like, this one is very specific. It is yeah, right. hers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't, we don't love the history of, of all of that. We don't love the, <laughs> the context, the, the, the concept. We don't love it. But Maddie had to come by because he's literally when we're at the time of recording, the most recently released Lonely Boys pod was talking about cotillions. That's right. A big, a big week for, a big week for the debutantes. A big week for the debutantes. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google. Cotillion is focused on teaching young people how to be respectful, but debutante is like your debut. Hmm. Yes, you can't say you didn't learn anything from listening to this podcast. That's right. We are first and foremost an educational podcast. When you go into the education section of podcasts, this Uh, is the first thing that comes up. Number one in the world. I mean, more likely number one in, like, Singapore. Because I feel like that's the only place where we ever really (laughs) can get on the charts. Wow, all right. We keep appearing in, like, the top 200 in some of these bigger (laughs) charts. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode, whew, it gave me feelings. A lot. But it gave me less sad feelings than I feel like the penultimate episodes of these seasons typically do. Hmm. Like, it was sad, but it wasn't, like depressing to me personally yeah it wasn't a sarah lynn death the last time we had maddie on it's still sad but it's not like so sad where i'm like weeping on my couch while watching yeah but Mm. it it, but it's still like i don't know very powerful like just all it's the stuff at the end is just so well done it was just in disbelief even rewatching it again it's just so good yeah it's just so so good perfection so it this episode picks up where last episode left off with Bojack driving B to the new nursing home, but we get a little bit more context of the drive over rather than just the phone call from Princess Carolyn. So B is still calling Bojack Henrietta. Yeah, there's like that funny moment. I wasn't sure how to find the moment where she's like, son, you are a star. (laughs) You're a ball of gas. Yes, I'm a ball of gas. That's me. I'm your son, but you're also a star. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I really liked that because this is where B calls Bojack Henrietta. And then he's like, no, I'm not Henrietta. I am your son. And she goes, my son is a ball of gas. Mm-hmm. Also a star. <laughs> a classic yes. son, son is a star misdirect. Yes. A classic son, son <laughs> confusion there. Yeah. I love that. Yes. But yes, so Bojack tells B that they're going to a magical place where she'll be locked up and can never hurt anyone again. Yes. Because we had our last week's horrible thing, horrible discovery about Hollyhocks, so we need to just keep her away from everyone forever. Which, like, again, she's a very sick woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I have a hard time attributing blame to someone who's, like, not there. Yeah. Like, it's the same as if you told me, like, a child had done this. I'd be like, their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. <laughs> like, I can't I can't blame them. I can only try to shape them to be better. Yes. That's true. It, but at the same time, I, I get why Bojack is so, like, upset about this. Yeah. I mean, he's not, like, you know, <laughs> sending her. I mean, he's sending her off to a pretty bad, like, nursing home or wherever she's going. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what other option he has at this point. Like, he cannot stay in the same place as his mother. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely have to be apart. And again, this is it's just one more thing that B has done to him because we've yeah. always seen even when she did have her full facilities about her, she was horrible. Mm -hmm. So then it just makes it more complicated to think about and difficult. But yeah, obviously she needs to be in a nursing home. She can't be at Bojack's house. Yeah. I love the like bookend here between the old Sugarman place and this episode where we get like more of the background of B, but like even here where she says the time zero line, like time zero neither stands still nor reverses, it merely marches forward. Like that was introduced in the old Sugarman episode and like we're going to get more stuff about her mom and I just think it's so well done how they bookend the season with this. It makes me absolutely furious that her horrible father said things that stuck with her so much yeah. because I hate him so much. Oh yeah. I think he said a lot of stuff that stuck with her. I guess that's what happens. Yeah trauma yeah you just mm. you, the more you go up this family tree the more the more traumatic it's gonna be yeah it's not good it's and it's bad on both sides but yeah, yeah we start seeing things more from B's perspective so we see B as a younger woman and then Henrietta with the scratched out face instead of Bojack yeah, and, like, everything around them is just white. Like, she's completely unaware of the actual situation she's in. And just we get this woman, and we can now see who she's been seeing all this time when she's speaking to Henrietta. Yeah. With this scratched out face. Yeah, like like Lindsay said earlier, like, as soon as we see, like, Henrietta with her face scribbled out, and Beatrice is, like, somehow young again, and it, we're, like, a minute in. I can already tell that this is, I'm like, oh, we're, we're, we're in for something big this episode. This is going to be a trippy yeah. one. Yep. Yeah, this this is one of those weird ones. So the car stops. Henrietta tells B that they're there. She looks in the rearview mirror, sees her old self. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah, and then when she gets out of the car, she's like her tiny self again. Yes, and the animation style changes a yeah. little bit when you see young Beatrice. She's a child. She's in her school uniform. And then, like, the background fills in from the white void to be, like, a very weird playground with, like the tallest slide in the world yeah, it's not not a safe slide for these for these young no. for these young like, kids i feel like slides are already dangerous even when they're not that tall <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i like when i was in kindergarten i like fell off the top oh, of God. the slide and like it like knocked the wind out of me and like i was young enough that i shouldn't really remember like things clearly from that time but I like vividly remember not being able to breathe when I like hit the ground my first day of kindergarten I fell off the swings and like bashed the shit out of my face so well, it's <laughs> funny that both of you guys bring up kindergarten because when I was in kindergarten I was running up the slide as cool people do mm, and, yeah, and, and then someone else came down and just like completely like <gasps> swiped Whoa. out my feet i fell from the top of the slide onto the ground mm. also got the wind knocked out of me could not breathe and then i opened my eyes and you know the aides were like coming and saying well, are you okay are you okay and i was just like get me the wheelchair even though there was nothing wrong with my yeah. legs i still just wanted the moment no. where i get pushed in the wheelchair to the nurse's <laughs> office and they were like and that's why you don't climb up the slide <laughs> yes exactly i i think it would have been really funny there if maddie had been like it's funny how both of you bring up kindergarten because i was just a happy well-behaved child <laughs> who never got injured never got hurt slides are dangerous see two out of the three of us got very like scared <laughs> on a slide do you remember when we were young how the slide used to get super hot i feel like that doesn't happen anymore but i feel like stuff's plastic now exactly it used to be these like metal slides that just like scald your skin yeah, technology has come so far yeah <laughs> it's weird because the slide used to get really hot but i don't really remember like monkey bars getting that hot hmm. yeah i don't really remember that either i guess 
So like it was like the reflective like metal on the slide. Yeah, why yeah. didn't they just paint simply paint the slide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the monkey bars were obviously painted. Yeah. And yeah. Huh. It's a really good question. I think we just solved playgrounds. <laughs> but yeah, so she tries to go up the the ladder, which is there's no way this is what the the slides ladder actually looked like. Like I'm yeah. I'm calling bullshit here. <laughs> calling B's memory on this. Yeah, I'm I'm calling B's memory on this. And there's a a goose a goose at the top, Clemelia, with her gaggle of two humans. <laughs> Clemelia Bloodsworth. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. It's a great name, and she's voiced by Natasha Rothwell. That meant nothing to um, me when I looked her up. She wrote on Saturday Night Live at one point. She is an insecure, which I haven't watched yet, but it's on my list. Chappelle, it's fine. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> did a couple episodes of Archer. Oh, she's in White Lotus. Okay, that's it. Because the name did... That's also on my list. She's yeah. Belinda yeah, yeah, yeah. in White Lotus. Because the, na- the name did sound familiar, and I was thinking, and I was like, I think that's someone on White Lotus, so I'm very glad you confirmed that for me. <laughs> Yes, and one episode of Search Party. I know oh. Sam Stanish and yourself are Search Party people, right? Absolutely. Every, who wasn't yeah. in Search Party, really? They just have the best guest stars in the game. Again, Search Party also on my list. Listen, Grey's Anatomy has its foot on my <laughs> neck, okay? But I'm I'm like halfway through season 16 now, so the end is near. Once you catch wow. up with Grey's Anatomy, you're going to have so much time to watch other stuff. So yeah, much time. Really so sad. Like I just, it it really has been so huge for me. The the second like the last quarter of this year of watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Did you think about how to connect this episode to Grey's Anatomy and keeping with Max request? Well, the thing is, is it's very easy to connect anything with like dementia to mm. Grey's Anatomy because obviously Meredith's mom passes away with dementia as well as Richard Weber's first wife also dies with Alzheimer's. Also Meredith and Derek did an Alzheimer's trial and Richard left his first wife in a home and never went to visit her anymore. So there you go. But yeah, and I mean, you can connect anything to Grey's Anatomy, baby. So (laughs) baby, I can't, I can't wait to all the things that happen in in season 15 and, and 16 of Grey's Anatomy. I feel like there's so much to so much to connect. No Cotillion, no Debbie Tomball in Grey's Anatomy, though. Sad. What were we talking about? Clemelia Bloodsworth. Oh, right. Clemelia Bloodsworth. They will not let her up the slide. They step on her fingers. Yes, they're a very elite society. And bite her. Yeah. And push her down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like coughing throughout this, which, you know, foreshadowing. Well, yes, because the next morning, when you see B reading her book called The Next Morning. Oh, I, love that. <laughs> I love it, too. I was surprised Kirsten noticed it because I know she can't read. And <laughs> Listen. So I was going to ask Lindsay if, what she thought of it. But I, I love I love a recurring bit. And every time she was reading a book that had <laughs> where we were in the story made me laugh. Yes. I loved it, too. It's helpful. It's very helpful. Yeah. Listen, now, here's the thing. You know I couldn't read it, but the BoJack wiki fills in the <laughs> gaps, okay? And so this is where she doesn't want to go to school. She says she's not feeling well. Her throat is sore. Joseph is like, you're making it up. Stop making books your friends. Like, you shouldn't be reading anyways. Yeah, well, as mm-hmm. I'm always it saying, takes... reading does nothing for young women but build their brains, taking valuable resources away from their breasts and hips. Classic Maddie. <laughs> Listen. That was my Twitter that... bio for a while, actually. <laughs> if here's the thing if that were true thank god i'm a big reader because if i hadn't been whoa that'd be troubling but yes as she gets out of bed she passes out 
her father sees that she is actually warm. So he he told her she was fine without even putting a hand to her forehead. You know, great parenting. Mm-hmm. And sees that she has a big red rash. So scarlet fever. Yeah. This is so brutal because we get a scene where like B wakes up and the dad is yelling at the mom being like, you're continually failing at keeping your children alive. Which is like a really awful thing to say. Yeah, it's. You know what else is an awful thing to say? That if he'd known this would happen when he, you know, cut the connection to her mm-hmm. frontal cor- cortex, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, if I'd known you'd behave this way once we severed the connection to your prefrontal cortex, I'd hardly have bothered. Yeah, it's so bad. He's he's obviously obviously trash, and poor Beatrice oh, yeah. is just going through it in her in her yeah. young years here, d- doing a decent job of making me feel very bad for little Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little Beatrice, I feel horrible for. Yeah. And the music they play when he's berating his wife. Again, the spooky music. This is like mm-hmm. almost a, a horror episode. Yeah. Well, and it is. It's really spooky, too, especially because, you know, after the lobotomy, I feel like Honey is kind of like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And so and then he's like shaking her and it's it's like, the, whoa, this is bad. Yeah. And we never actually see her face at any point throughout this episode. She's always like kept in the shadow, but we often get flashes of her scar. Like it's very, yeah, yeah it's very unsettling. Un- I was going to say unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> it is very unsettling. Yeah, it is. It is very unsettling. But then B asks if she's gonna die, mm-hmm. and her dad's like, "Well, one day, but for now, you're fine. And you know, your throat's like swollen shut, so maybe it'll help you lose some of that weight you've been struggling with." So brutal. <sighs> she's like eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ob- obviously seeing where her issues are coming from here. Yeah, and he's like, "You're gonna live a long and happy life," and she's like, "Really? You promise?" And he's like, "Yeah. Won't that be great? Long, yes. Happy, I don't know." To, to be determined. Yeah. I just hate him so much. Yeah. So then we get our next flash is to be getting ready for her debutante ball. Mm-hmm. She asks the maid to get her a glass of water and a pretty pill. Now, what do we think the pretty pill is? Chubby gone equivalent. Yeah, Earlier some, version some of that. Some kind of. Just meth? <laughs> yes. Some kind of diet pill known as meth. Yeah. I tried to Google pretty pill and it's like pretty pill organizers to help you stay on top of your like vitamins. God. It is cute. Mm-hmm. It is a cute little pill organizer. <laughs> what? It's fine. We could, you just use the bottle it came in. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, so Joseph tells B that she looks great and that this party is very important because at the end of this party, she will no longer care about nonsense such as human rights mm-hmm. she'll have a husband it is interesting to me that like b at this time in her life was super interested in all of these causes where it's like oh like you care too much about poverty and the civil rights movement and she seems like tapped in which is kind of surprising for who she becomes later well she went to college mm-hmm. um because her father sent her to get her mrs mm-hmm. But instead of a bachelor, she came home with a bachelor's degree. What yeah. a waste. What a waste. What a waste. Yeah. Yeah, I was also very oh. surprised that she was she was so into these things at first. I guess after a while she just got she just got worn down and couldn't couldn't bother with it. Like she says later, she's like, No one's nice to me. Why should I be nice? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I also think it's such a thing where to me, it's totally believable that, like, a young rich person who is, like, disillusioned at the idea that money actually, like, makes things better would see, like, inequality and try to do something about it for a time. Yeah. But then when she sees the reality of living as a not rich person and how it's even harder, mm-hmm. it, it kind of disillusions you with caring about 
Yeah, she's going to really turn around on this, like, being worried about wealth disparities and, like, definitely wants to be back on the rich side of things. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's believable to me that this would happen for sure. Yeah, I agree. But yes, yeah, so you know what? Medgar Evers is dead. So it's 1963 and the FBI is on high alert. So no one else will be assassinated that year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, can't think of anyone who might get assassinated <laughs> that year. The FBI is on top of it. <laughs> And who was the I don't Come who on. was the person that died that they that she mentioned? Edgar Evers. I don't know who that is. I d- do we do we have an IMDb for him? Civil rights activist. Yes, an American civil rights activist in Mississippi, the state's field secretary for the NAACP, and he worked to overturn segregation at the University of Mississippi, assassinated by a member of the White Citizens Council. Hmm. So and this also I feel like just goes to show how kind of I idealistic B was because uh, to think that in 1963 the FBI would care that yeah. much about a black man getting assassinated <laughs> that they would be on high alert is doesn't ring true. Very, very naive. To me. Very naive. But yes, yeah, so basically his dad is like, listen, I don't want to talk about any of this anymore. So let's talk about Corbin Kramerman, your, your escort to the ball. It would be really ideal if they could make a match. Mm-hmm. He's like the heir to the Cream-based the creamerman, cream-based, creamy commodity. Yes, he's a goat. Yes, it looked like it. Yeah. Uh yes. And I mean, I, I'll give him this. He's one of the only people in this episode that isn't just like complete trash, but st- still yeah. a loser. I can, I can understand why she didn't want anything to do with him at first. Bit of a tough hang, this guy. Yeah. He also seems like a bit old for her. Yep. I don't know if that's because the goats have a beard, and so that makes me think <laughs> I, yeah. he's distinguished. I think goats but... just have that aged look. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. An aged goat. My red oh, flag was that, that. He, he called her, like, I'm pretty sure he called her Milady as soon as she walked into the ball. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't. He, he didn't, but he can't wear a hat to tip because of his <laughs> horns, right? So that's a red flag. <laughs> so he is voiced by David Walton, who I know best as Sam in New Girl. Oh, um, okay. The, the doctor that yeah, just that states. Mm-hmm. Also, Dr. Rick in Fired Up, which is a great film, if anyone hasn't seen Fired Up. Very funny. He loves playing doctors. He also was Mark the DJ in the movie Burlesque, which I know some people probably hate that movie and think it's very bad, but it's a comfort movie for me. I'll watch Burlesque any day. <laughs> Christina Aguilera looks so hot in Burlesque. Like, I don't know what it is, man. I believe it. Um, I've never, I've never seen this movie, but me either. Oh, I think you should watch it, Maddie. I think you'd like it. All right, I'll add it to the list. It's, it's <laughs> a musical with Christina Aguilera and Cher. Oh. Honestly, this might already be on my list. Like it's, it's probably already on your <laughs> I list. I think it you might know, be. In 2010, I saw it in the 2010 slash 2011. I don't know. I saw it in theaters in my first year of university. I think it's a good one. I think lots of people would say it is a bad movie. <laughs> And I want them to respectfully shut up because I like <laughs> yeah, it a lot. Those people just have no taste. Anyways, so yeah, David Walton. So it's funny that he's such an ugly, Corbin Creamerman <laughs> is so ugly and he's voiced by such a hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was sick of being typecast as hot. <laughs> yeah, so he, I mean, I feel like this is probably one of those like inside joke type things. Like when people are voice actors on this show, they, they like to... It's a little tongue-in-cheek. Do you think when they approached him to do the part, they were like, you know how you're really hot? You want to play an ugly person this time? (laughs) I think they didn't tell him anything. I think they just said, you're going to be a guy who doesn't really know what he's doing with women. You're going to be 
You're voicing uh, a goat. Poor, <laughs> no, they didn't tell him that. I don't think, no, <laughs> he watched the episode and he was like, wait, I'm a goat? <laughs> he was like, okay, I know I'm in season four, episode 11. He's been binging BoJack the whole time. I'm picturing him as a big fan. Okay, so at least they told him um, it was BoJack Horseman that he was going to be on. Yeah, he knew it was BoJack Horseman. So he's watching it. He loves it so much. The episode comes out and he sees Corbin and he's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> this. And that's why he never returned to do another episode. Yeah, but he was mentioned, according to the Bojack Wiki, by name, he was mentioned in The Judge. So, okay, at the at the debutante ball, we see that B is still in the same circles with Clemelia Bloodsworth. Yeah, I, it, I, it took me a second to realize that this was the same person, even though, even when they mentioned her by name, I still, for some reason, it did not, it did not register with me. And then it, and then it hit me. I was like, oh, from the slide. <laughs> well, I mean, it's oh yeah, from this. It's not like it's not like geese are like an endangered species, right? Like you'd think, oh yeah, there's tons of geese in this world, and they're all mean, and they're all mean. Geese are mean. Yeah, especially I, we saw a bunch today, and I was very concerned they were gonna hiss at me. It always really freaks me out when they do that. I really I like mean, I really like geese. I feel like I like them too. They're just like a little scary because yeah, they, they they can do the yeah, but, they could do the running and the swimming and the flying. It's like they're yeah. the triple threat. Hmm. They can really do a triathlon. <laughs> like I don't think they can ride. I don't think they can ride a bike. <laughs> I think they could ride a bike. I think they could ride a. B- I think if you. I think you need to take like th- three geese working together could ride a bike. You have a lot of. Um, <laughs> like one would have the handlebars, and there'd be one on each. You have panel. a lot of faith in geese. <laughs> Too much faith. Uh, I think I think they could do it. I mean, Lindsay, now this isn't the time of year when geese are really going to hiss at you. They don't have babies. Oh, to you get close to them and then they hiss at you and you see their weird little tongues. Ugh, it's very troubling. I gotta tell you, I've been hissed at by a goose and I never looked close enough Ugh. to see their tongue. They're always I so close. You problem. No. I can confidently oh say I don't know what a goose tongue looks like. Well, they clearly are not yeah. hissing at you. I'm admiring these geese from afar. I'm not antagonizing them to where they're hissing at me. Anyways, it's the geese are still mean, but obviously B is having her debut a little later than everyone else because she actually completed her undergraduate degree. And like I'm assuming the others were all like graduated high school, debuted, got married, done. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's probably the track that they go on. Yeah, but B says she's only doing it for her dad. Yeah, she doesn't like the she. she it's a, it's a little antiquated and stupid to her. She doesn't really she doesn't really like it all. She's just doing it because I guess she's being told to to do it by her dad very she's the man ask very similar views as to as to my good friend dan humphrey in gossip girl it's fine so b's not having a good time so she decides to just head over to the bar and this is where she sees a very young strapping uh, male horse a stallion yeah they keep having these weird glitchy moments where all of a sudden like he appears suddenly at the bar and like a drink suddenly appears in her hand and just like everything is weird in her head yes I, which I feel like memories are weird. Like even it, even if she d- didn't have like dementia, I think m- memories are weird. Especially this has been so long ago. This is in nineteen sixty three. Yeah, long time and then ago. it also it, it also like keeps like glitching and like cutting to like present day where like Bojack Horseman is there and like checking yeah. her into the nursing home and stuff. All all very interesting stuff. It is it is very interesting stuff. And so this is where this is where she meets Butterscotch Horseman, Bo- Bojack's own father. Back when Butterscotch had some had some charm to him and could really really woo the ladies. Yes, and I did like how Butterscotch also voiced by Will Arnett. It was very jarring though to hear like Bojack's voice yeah. coming out of another horse's mouth. We've had him before, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, be- I yeah, I believe so, but I feel like it 
it didn't fit as much to me until we saw him as like a young horse. Right. I don't I, I don't know why. It just to me wasn't as fit, fitting before, but this was very fitting. But he says he's at a dumb debutante party. Yeah. Yeah, is the deb- like, is the debutante party or is the is the debutante dumb or is the party dumb? Yeah, I either agree with you or I'm offended. <laughs> yeah, but she's the de- she's the debutante. And he crashed to get free alcohol because he is saving up to move to California so he can join the Beatniks. I love how apparently easy it is to just crash a, a debutante ball. I think in th- I don't think they're the type of parties that have like aggressive security. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're they're there's some kind of list that you need to be on. Yeah, I think there'd be someone manning the door, but yeah, but there, I feel like there's always like a back door. I mean, I, you know what? I'm gonna try to crash some some debutante balls and get some free alcohol. <laughs> Good. Next, yeah. next weekend. Next, I, I, you might have trouble finding a debutante ball on Long Island. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll have to travel then. <laughs> I've already, okay. I've already made this my next goal, so it has to be achieved. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I'm looking. Obviously, they list the Beatniks. They've got Ginsburg and Cassidy, and then obviously Squirrel and Getty is a play on. What's that a play on? Definitely a play on something. Yeah, can have told you either of the first two. Well, I, I do my research here. Mm-hmm. So it's Allen Ginsberg and Neil Cassidy. They were of the beat generation. But Squirrel and Getty, that, this is the... I'm going to feel so... Someone's going to tweet us and be like, this is who it is. And I'm going to feel like an idiot. But I don't know, man. This is not my strong suit. I don't really know the the beatniks of yesteryear. And I want to be very clear that I also do not. I just Googled it. Life is hard. Anyways, whoever knows what that's a play on, please tell me. And don't don't treat me like I'm too stupid. Like, treat me like I'm a little dumb. Not too stupid. But yeah, he wants to write the next great American novel, but he does not know what he's writing. It's about war and whatever other things he said. And truth. And truth, yes. And the twilighting frontier of the lives that were promised us. Do you think he got much further than that in the in the 50 years that we cover in this episode? No, <laughs> he wrote nothing. He wrote something dumb. And just keeps vaguely mentioning it. There's an author named Lawrence Ferlinghetti, an American author who published in the 1950s. Well, I would bet that is what it is based on. So never mind. No one treat me like I'm stupid. What a, Lindsay what a niche out. reference that we never had a chance at getting. <laughs> right. I, w- I wonder who that was for. Like Very specific. So one writer in that room like, was very proud yeah. of himself. Yeah. One writer felt so good and no one else in the world like noticed or cared. Yes. Not to offend Maddie, but I feel like uh, the, the type of writing that Butterscotch is going to do probably would result in something as dumb as Catcher in the Rye, which I know Maddie likes, but I that's fucking a good book. hated that book. No, it's a horrible book. It's so stupid. Ugh. Butterscotch's book reminds me of like the... What's his face there? Miles in the Judge episode where he's like, oh, yeah, I have this like really innovative screenplay where it's about like whatever assistant who wants <laughs> to be a About an assistant a... who wants to be a writer. Yeah. yeah. If Butterscotch yeah, is able to write the next Catcher in the Rye, I might have to reevaluate my opinion on him. <laughs> Ugh, I hate Catcher in the Rye so much. I read it for fun. Me too. I was like, oh, it's a classic. And then I was miserable the whole time. It was so de- like I was like literally, first of all, clinically depressed. Second of all, an emo kid and even i was like ugh this book is so whiny and stupid and nothing happened that's the and best like, part it was it was for me and i was like i can't stand this guy i, know, I, I really connect to the sad whiny people of the world and i was loving every bit of it it's you just hate phonies we know i do hate phonies <laughs> classic 
classic. But yeah, so they have a little sarcastic conversation. Some clear flirtation is going on. Yeah, you tell her you're sarcastic, which is an ugly thing for a woman to be, which I, I couldn't disagree with more. I love sar- sarcastic women are iconic. I thought you were going to say that you agree. No, no, no. Like, oh, I, I, I am literally know. I'm literally always saying that the only thing I'm looking for in a friend is a sarcastic girl to boss me around. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> what if her letters are perfunctory and her curtsy is an embarrassment? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty embarrassing. So some people might know I work as a legal assistant. And when you go into a courtroom, you actually have to bow to the judge. Did you know that? Ew. You have to bow to the judge. Not like, it's not like a deep, but like, it's just a little like, like if court is happening. And also if you're in there when the judge comes in, then you stand and you give a little. It's still so weird. But it's, it's so weird. And when I started at my work, the first time I had to go into a courtroom and my boss was like, oh yeah, don't forget to bow. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. It's a prank. Like, why are you pranking me? But then as a result, I was trying to prank one of my coworkers into doing a curtsy when she went into a courtroom. Wow, why are you setting up your coworkers to be, be pranked? She didn't do I mean, it technically would have been appropriate. Like, you are, like, out. But I just think it would have been really funny if she walks into a Supreme Court and this doesn't curtsy. <laughs> someday. Someday you'll make it happen. I also think I also think if she actually was like, oh, really, and was going to do it, I probably would have stopped her. Like, I don't <laughs> think I would have been able to, like, actually follow through. But it's a funny joke. But it would have to be more than perfunctory perfunctory mm-hmm. words are hard uh, so butterscotch asks oh what what must your mother think of you and b says oh she doesn't think too much anymore yeah very rough and that glitch was also scary when like yes. b like mm-hmm. goes dark and the scar appears on her head yeah the silhouette of her mother when we find out that butterscotch's mom died when he was young but she had a diamond have... just like hers when butterscotch like touches her face mm-hmm. and like I know where this is going. I know it's a bad relationship. I know everything that's happening is bad, but I'll admit, I was like, that's cute. <laughs> I mean, this he's obviously got more game than uh, Creamer's Men or whatever the, the other guy's name was. <laughs> Creamer's Men. <laughs> Just sounds so much grosser. <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, this, this guy's got game. But yes, we also, this is another moment where we get like a flashback to Bojack like being present. Right. And like, it seems uh, like, the yeah, it seems like the flashback Beatrice like kind of notices this and is like freaking out like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bojack's like, oh, I'm, can I pay for this room in a five year installment so that I just don't have to think about her ever again? Brutal. <laughs> that yeah, is very brutal. brutal. That's, oof. And then, but now it's time for her to be presented as a uh, Corbin creamers <laughs> and so i feel like in in real life when a debutante is presented they would just like walk on like a stage or something and maybe do a dance but b has to like do a bunch of show jumping oh, yeah you don't think they, you don't think they jump over hurdles in actual debuts well, so but here's my question what like what did the goose Clamelia have to do for her she had to ride a bike naturally as all geese do that would take three geese (laughs) (laughs) just i i like the idea that in like the high like the wealthy circles that the debut like debutantes are presented and they have to do something like associated with their species she has a beautiful trot truly outstanding like what do you think that stefani had to do at her debutante ball because she definitely had one the stones definitely made her have a debutante ball had to run a maze like, she, she, yeah a maze get some cheese <laughs> like but yeah she she does great she does very well in her performance mm-hmm. 
and then she sees that Butterscotch is leaving, yeah. which is very rude. Yeah, and she follows him out, and he, like, basically baits her by being like, oh, I'm sure, like, your daddy wouldn't approve if you left, and can't resist that. Yeah, he... He's got game. He gets yeah. her to leave her own party. There's cl- yeah. clearly some chemistry here. She leaves her own party to go have sex in a car. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good for her. <laughs> hey, I mean, I feel like sex in a car is already, like, a difficult endeavor, but for horses, it must be really complicated. <laughs> But then she's reading a book two weeks later. Yes, the classic novel, two weeks later. Classic novel, two weeks later. Corbin's here to take her on a Sunday stroll. Yes, classic COVID date. Like, what is this? Like, it's like 1718 in London, and they're either going for a, a walk in the park. Yeah, like looking at trees and stuff. Yeah. I, I told you, this Corbin fellow is just very boring. Yeah, it's very boring. I she's not I interested. Really, in I can't blame doesn't. Beatrice at all. Yeah, no, she's not even slightly interested, but her father does not want to hear this. No. And I mean, Corbin at least is self-aware enough to know that he's boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like when she's like, I don't find you boring. Only the things you choose to talk about and the way you in which you talk about them. Yes. <laughs> the animation here is really cool, too, where everything's just like super drab and terrible and like everything's boring. And then once he starts getting kind of interesting, everything kind of brightens up and just gets better generally. Yes. It's it's like how, you know, people become more attractive when you like what they talk about. When they start talking about food chemistry. Yeah. It's just like magic, okay? Mm-hmm. And he starts like opening up a little bit about having a bad relationship with his dad and that's something that she can connect with. Yeah, she can finally relate to him like not wanting to be what his parents wanted to be. And so mm-hmm. it looks like it's going good and then she just like throws up on him. <laughs> Yeah, and he does the goat scream. (laughs) That's very funny. He does the goat scream. So the reason why she's nauseous is because she's pregnant, and it's butterscotches. Yeah, and he's he's happy to do the gentlemanly thing and and pay for the cab fare if she wants to to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, what else could you do? He also gave her the phone number to a pizza parlor in Brownsburg rather than his own number. Yeah, that's right. He really is Bojack's dad. Absolutely. Uh, Except, you know what? I think Bojack... At least would have paid for half of the abortion, not just the cash yeah, that, of the abortion. Yeah, that is canon. We've, we've established that he so. would do that. And again, as established, you should pay for the whole abortion in that situation. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. He does drop a, what are you doing here in this scene? Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. How did he do it? Was it just good? It was just normal? What are you doing here? It was normal. Better than Bojack's. A lot of gravitas. What are you doing here? <laughs> Very understated. What are you doing here? Yeah, it was so understated. I didn't even I didn't even realize. Yeah, I didn't even clock it. Wow. She obviously doesn't really want to have the abortion. She calls herself a ruined woman and he sells her a, a bill of goods saying that they're going to move to San Fran. They don't have a lot in common, but they moved to a town that could accommodate three horses. And they live happily ever after. End of episode. That's it. End of episode. Wow, that was really good. Yeah, what a nice episode. I'm so glad they had such a positive relationship yeah. and a happy life. Finally a happy episode we get. Sadly, it doesn't it doesn't work out so great. Yeah, once the baby's there, obviously now they start fighting and they they have like that really bad argument where now now it starts getting a little tougher to root for Beatrice as she start is going to start blaming Bojack for like everything that's going wrong in her life. Yeah, like the baby's crying and B doesn't know what to do about it. Butterscotch was never, ever going to try to do anything about it. He's not a good father. And then B like takes a sleeping pill rather than trying to help her crying baby. And it's just like, you better be worth it. And it fades to a scene where Bojack's much older and she's like, it's not. (laughs) Well, you're you're not. not. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He's like, not what? 
Yeah. So rude. Oh, my God. The whole time she's really, like, pushing Butterscotch to go work for her dad so they can actually have money, and he just refuses the whole time. He wants to write his novel, and but no one wants to pay him for what he's writing. And it turns out that Butterscotch has been rejected by the Beatniks. And so he is no longer, I, I guess, a leftist. Yeah. T- tough break. Tough break for our guy, Butterscotch. You're taking a hard yeah. turn in the direction of all things problematic. Yeah, taking a hard turn into calling people commies and being anti-Semitic. So we don't we don't like yeah, that. Yeah, not great. And poor disavow. And poor little Bojack just has to like sit there wide-eyed as his parents shout at each other. Like we are we obviously already knew this, but Bojack just had such a rough childhood. Yeah, they call him a filthy child. Well, because I'm assuming B doesn't really know how to bath her kid well, mm-hmm. so it's not really his fault. This is also where Butterscotch works at a fish cannery. Mm-hmm. B is like, why don't you just work for my dad? And he compares it to slavery, which B says it's actually the exact opposite of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want me to work for your dad and get paid for it? And I assume he's not going to have to do that much work. I think he just will get the money. Like, I think he just has to put on a suit and not get arrested. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a great person once said. I, but it's going to take time away from him writing his, his great American novel, and he's going to forget what being a part of the working class was like. Yeah, he's like, my book's going to be so bad because I'm so out of touch. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why it's going to be bad. I like when he's like, he says something like, I can see the headline now. Idiot son says, dad's book is great, comma, son is an idiot. And Bojack's <laughs> like, I never said your book was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, if the baby wasn't crying all the time, I could get some work done. And Bojack's I'm forming, like, what? I'm, I'm forming, forming full sentences. sentences. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, it's it's really bad. And Butterscotch says, I can't live like this. Beatrice is like, I should have married Corbin Kramerman. Mm-hmm. At this point, maybe she should have. You know what? I think that he was a nice a nice man. Yeah, he would have been boring, but it probably would have been better than, than what's going on here. Yeah, would have been nice to her. I, I do think that that is the most important thing, is to, to marry a nice man. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love nice people. It's, I like mean girls and nice men, and I don't think it's that complicated. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see why everyone can't just fall into one of the, one of those two things. <laughs> yeah, the the two genders, mean <laughs> girls and nice men. But yeah, so he he does get the job, and then we get a montage of the house getting nicer and them becoming wealthy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of time clearly is passing here because they all get pretty pretty old. Bojack grows up. And, and then we finally see Henrietta again, too. 1999. Mm-hmm. And she is lifting a painting for Beatrice because B wants to give this painting to Bojack. It used to be her father's. And she wants she wants Bojack to have it. So Butterscotch is like, ugh, what is this horrible painting? The visual arts are... I never liked the visual arts. <laughs> yes, art should be straightforward and utilitarian. Yes, like, like his novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. He still doesn't finish his stupid novel. And he, ne- like, he was never going to. Poor, poor Hen- Henrietta actually seems kind of fun. She's, like, so excited at everything that gets brought up. She's, ex- she's just friendly. Yeah. Like, she's, like, she loves the painting. She loves um, books. She says, yeah, I love books. The words tell stories. Like, I she hope. just seems like a, a happy gal. She's the only person that's not, like, downright cruel to someone in this episode. Good point. <laughs> yeah. That is... A good point. Mm-hmm. And this is even, like, colored by Bee's memory of being, yeah. like, of not liking her. Like, she still seems just like a friendly lady. Yeah, and Beatrice's memory, like, she can make Henrietta seem like a very dumb person, maybe, but even Beatrice can't remember her as, as a mean person at all. Yeah, that's why she has to scribble at her face, I guess. Exactly. Has to just, like, remember her as little as possible. Have you ever, like, scratched out someone's face in a picture? I feel like this is the vibe of that. Yeah, definitely that. 
Yeah, I've never, I've never cared enough. I don't I've think never I've cared ever enough done it. about anyone to do that to a picture. But I feel like we haven't had like physical photos in such a long time. You have to like print it out first. Yeah, it's probably just like. Yeah, I feel like you could just like f- get Brian Scally to Photoshop someone else's face onto. It. You could probably just like crop them out. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, and B, it's, I feel like it's always warning Henrietta, being like, oh, Butterscotch really likes you because you make him feel like a big, smart man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a sensitive, misunderstood artist or something, and is like, you're going to be disappointed. He actually sucks. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's not a good guy. Yeah. She's, she's not wrong. Yeah, so B gives Bojack the painting. This is when Horse and Around has been off the air for about three years. Bojack tells her to get a divorce. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, people always get divorced for, like, the stupidest reasons, like, just arguing over, like, who needs to pick up mustard and, like, other stupid stuff. And sometimes you just wake up and you realize you've drifted apart and now you hate each other and you can't just get divorced when these things happen. (laughs) And we've grown apart over the years and our adult child has moved out of the house and there's no reason for us to stay together. Divorce. Such petty reasons as that. Just brutal. Bojack says it seems like a valid reason, but also being out of mustard and being sad. I I mean, I, I I could see those as being valid reasons, too. You know, fair enough. But B, B can't see, like, being divorced and then being alone either. She's like, well, but no one else would even have me after what you did to my body. <laughs> still blaming I Bojack. So, still blaming But Even though it looks looks like she, she lost the baby weight. Like, I don't really know what the problem is. But she says, well, do you want this painting or not? It's from your grandfather, who is a man who knew what marriage was. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, no, that's not good. Yeah. No. They do a really good job, I think, of, like, flashing back to the moment where he's, like, shaking his lobotomized wife, and you're just like, yeah, he did a great job. He, like, ruined her life, literally took away her ability to think, and then is still horrible to her. Yeah, not good. Yeah. No, no, no. Then when Bojack's like, yes, I'll take the painting, she's like, typical you, all you do is take. (laughs) This guy guy can't win. She's, like, forcing him to take it, yeah. Yeah. I do feel so, I really feel bad for Bojack in the context of basically any interaction with his mother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yikes. But B also says she never saw the appeal of Bojack's silly stories. They never did her any good. And it depresses her that she made so many sacrifices in life. Mm-hmm. So Bojack could, could do that. I'd like to know what sacrifices she made. Yeah. Does she have any specific examples that she could give? I liked that Bojack refers to his date with Tanya Harding specifically here, where we like got an allusion to it when Holly Hawk was looking for her mm-hmm. mom. And then he's like, she was the good one, right? Like, I can never remember which one was which. <laughs> Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. Tanya Harding was not the good one, right? Tanya Harding's the one with that's the... That's correct. <laughs> was part of the beating as opposed to the getting okay. beaten. Yeah, that, that's, what I, yeah. that's what I thought. She, she was the perpetrator. Listen, much like Bojack, I, I, also, I also can't keep it straight. Uh, obviously, you haven't watched I, Tanya. Yeah. I actually did, but I, I think that was one of the ones where I <laughs> fell asleep in the theater. It seems like you missed the entire point yeah, of the yeah, film. Yeah. You don't know which one she was. I love that because I haven't. And it's so out of this that I should be the one who doesn't know. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. So they start drinking. He, he, he gets his mom a drink before she drives home. Mm-hmm. I noted in the BoJack wiki, it's like his fridge is full of lemons and sugar. <laughs> like I assume is a bee memory. Yeah, I don't think that was what was actually in BoJack's fridge. I think it was probably all alcohol. And just the way, like, we keep just seeing just the way she continues to talk to her son. Like, we really kind of understand, like, why he's being so shitty to her in present day. Yeah. 100%. And then this is also, like, a a part where, like, you start seeing kind of 
reality, even like in the context of these memories, like really fading away where you see lots of flashes to different parts of the episode. Specifically, we see the the burning baby doll mm-hmm. a lot at this point. Yeah. And that, yeah, that we kind of got that earlier too when she was mentioning like when she said she didn't want to get an abortion it kind of like quickly flashes to the baby in the fire mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. something i didn't like really pick up on until rewatching the episode baby dolls the, the dolls are creepy <laughs> and i will stand by that so then it flashes to a few months later now we're in 2000 and this is where butterscotch lets Bino know that he has gotten henrietta pregnant and she will not have an abortion no, no, no. Hen- henrietta went and got herself pregnant mm-hmm. according to butterscotch <laughs> I refused. I refused to to quote that. (laughs) Absolutely not. It was surprising to me that he's like weeping to her. Like he breaks down in front of her. Yeah, he's literally for her help, begging uh, Beatrice to like talk Henrietta out of having the baby. Mm -hmm. But like, also is like, well, B, this is your fault for not doing your bravely duties. Yeah, she's like, fuck this guy. Shut up. Yeah, it's all. It's all so bad. It's like. We hate this guy so much. But finally, he says, I know you hate me, but please just think of the poor girl. So Beatrice decides to have a conversation with Henrietta about the, the entire matter. Yes. Now, obviously, you're fired, Henrietta. Mm-hmm. We find out that Butterscotch used the same type of line on Henrietta that he used on B way back in the day. She has hair like his mother that he saw in a picture once. Mm-hmm. You can see how much that hurts her, where she definitely thought this was real. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brutal. She... Bea's like, do you really want this baby? And Henry's like, look, it's a it's a baby girl horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, oh, as soon as I finish school and become a nurse, I'll have enough money to like keep us afloat and it's going to be fine. And then Bea's just there with like... Yeah, but how are you going to go to school? Who's going to take care of the baby? Where are you going to get the money for school? Like, this isn't realistic. Yeah. So they come up with a deal. B agrees to pay her tuition on the condition that this baby is put up for adoption. Henrietta still doesn't want to give her baby up. She wants to have her baby. Mm -hmm. And B gets, like, pretty frantic here where she's like, don't let this be your life. You have to finish your college, get a good job, find a real man. Don't be attached to butterscotch for the rest of your life like i was yeah it seems like she's really uh projecting some stuff on the poor henrietta yeah Yeah. but also like she's right about not wanting to be tied to butterscotch well yeah don't let that man poison your life the way he did mine is good advice but yeah yeah so then it's months later september 24th 2000 Mm -hmm. henrietta is having her baby and b holds her hand through labor and it goes to flashbacks of when beatrice gave birth when butterscotch wasn't even there and it also flashes back to when she loses her baby doll Mm -hmm. this whole like back and forth between b giving birth to bojack and henrietta giving birth to her baby is like so spectacularly well done there's like really excellent music over this and like the whole way that they do it is just like it gives me goosebumps every time I see this scene well and the way that this episode is put together as well where we have the timestamps mm-hmm. and it just becomes more and more obvious what is actually happening yeah, Whew, yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about it like I have no idea how they pulled this scene off but it's so good and you mentioned like the powerful music probably has a lot to do with it but I was watching it and just being so overwhelmed with emotion just the the cuts then the flashbacks like everything and we see Beatrice with her baby doll and now we like we understand why the older version of Beatrice was like so obsessed with the baby doll for a while and everything's just like coming together and I'm just sitting there with my with my mouth agape like how is this so good mm-hmm. yeah it's just once again nothing in this show is an accident it is all on purpose and so then we get the full scene of young B with her doll it gets taken away from her while she's asleep she grabs it out of the box but 
then she sees all of her things are being thrown in the fire. Mm-hmm. This is so heartbreaking. She's crying, and her father says, well, remember what we say about crying. Crying is stupid. <laughs> Which, like, no lies detected. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You and I both, Lindsay, dead inside. Dead inside. This is a, don't is like stupid. to cry. This is a personal attack um, on me. I'm just <laughs> you're crying every day. I the amount of time I feel like I've started crying a lot more lately though. So I guess I'm I guess I'm more on Maddie's side, but I don't keep track <laughs> of when it happens. I'm proud of myself for not like crying while watching the episode. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. Proud of you for not being dead inside. <laughs> I'm proud of myself yeah, for not breaking down on this podcast talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you for being both alive inside and also holding it together through this podcast. And like B's dad is just like so like he has no emotion at all. He's just like, yeah, all your stuff has to be burned because it's infected with your sickness. Like it'll it'll it has to be burned. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that real? He's so nonchalant about everything and like does, cannot muster up an ounce of empathy for for his daughter at all at any time. Do you have to burn things? Like, do you have to get rid of things that kids have? Oh, I feel like, no. I've, I've never heard of this, but maybe. I don't know. I don't know much about scarlet fever. Yeah, I feel like there was always a thing of, like, burning or getting rid of blankets and stuff, at least. But The only thing I know about scarlet fever is that you can develop scarlet fever if you have strep throat and it doesn't get treated properly. Because strep throat can become scarlet fever, which can become rheumatic fever, which can then become rheumatic heart, which is a lifelong condition. I don't know why I know that but I do. In what looks to be a very old book, it says that rags and anything from diphtheria or scarlet fever should be like destroyed. I think we could have saved the baby doll. But I don't think this is real. Like this is definitely, I guess, what they would have thought like at the time when B had scarlet fever, but like it's probably not real. Like the sick room must not be swept during the illness or during the process of final disinfection because germs are lifted up with the dust to be inhaled at once or just settle upon the walls elsewhere and cause infection later. Yeah, you wipe the floor with wet rags to burn afterwards. Yeah, it's, people were burning stuff with scarlet fever, but I don't think that that's what you would do now if someone had scarlet fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now, real facts. The bacteria that causes scarlet fever is spread by respirator- respiratory droplets or direct contact, not surfaces. So. I'm very happy. She probably could have kept her baby doll. <sighs> Man. <laughs> Once again, just so very heartbreaking. So sad. She's so upset about it. And it's like, oh, don't you feel better? And you're seeing, like, the horrible, like, melting doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the scream from B is just, like, devastating. Yeah. I, it is not good. But then it, it is not good. Like, at the same time, that being juxtaposed with Henrietta being like, I want to hold my baby. And B being like, absolutely not. You're going to get attached. And then we get a similar, like, heart-rending scream yeah. as the scribble on her face fills up the whole screen. And it's just like... Ugh. How is that allowed? Is she allowed to just forbid Henrietta from holding her child? I mean, she's not anyone to Henrietta, so like, I don't get why she has the decision-making power here. Yeah, it doesn't make like, sense. Yeah. Like, I th- well, she has the power in the relationship, Definitely. right? Like, yeah. But like, yeah. Ugh, I think if she insisted, is... you, you would think the doctor would be like, uh, yeah, yes, here. Say, like, can't, can't the doctor be like, here, you can hold your baby. Don't worry. Yeah. Maybe they had an arrangement. Yeah. The doctor was scared of Beatrice. Yeah. I would be scared of Beatrice. <laughs> I would be too. And this is where, like, once it all, like, 
fills up with the scribble and it shrinks back into the fire Mm -hmm. and her father telling her to be strong and not let her womanly emotions consume her and like the terrifying you don't want to end up like your mother do you so horrifying like just the the idea of that threat from your father of like like, you know he'll do this we have we've fully turned this into a horror story now with the flames and the villainous father and like Mm -hmm. there's like muffled screams in the distance too it's like it's a lot some might say too much yeah brutal it's not it's not good. This is where we get the actual final scene where Beatrice is dropped off at the horrible nursing home and he actually recognizes him as Bojack. Mm-hmm. Bojack's like, no, this is where you live now. Yeah. Yeah. And like he finally has the opportunity to speak to her as Bojack and he doesn't take it. And he instead just comforts his upset mom. Just... Yeah, he always wanted to tell her "fuck you," yep. but he chooses not to do so. Yeah, he yeah. like he sets her mind at ease. It's actually like a kind a very sweet moment, an episode full of so many terrible moments. Yeah, yeah. He tells her that they are in Michigan. All the family is there. The night is full of stars. They're eating vanilla ice cream. Brother's playing the piano. Can you taste it? And she's like, "It's delicious." Yeah. Oh, brutal. Don't care for it. Yeah. We have a lot of feedback about this episode. I am sure that we do. I'd like to give my feedback first. Please. Okay, please. God, that was so, so good. Actually, can we give Matt's feedback in the form of a review of this episode on IMTV? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. This one is not that good. But yes, okay, feedback. We have lots of it. Caroline, they wrote in and said, Bee's childhood doll looks just like doll from episode 406. We love a callback. This whole episode's a callback. Yeah, it really is. You watch it and like so much stuff like clicks into place. Yeah. And I think that this is definitely benefit like even this very episode like benefits from just rewatching it because you kind of understand what all like the flashbacks are Mm -hmm. alluding to and stuff. Yeah. Like you pick up on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan says, I thought at first that Butterscotch's comment about his mother having a diamond just like bees was just a line, but it basically has to be true for there to be even a chance that Hollyhock would have one if she actually is Butterscotch and Henrietta's daughter. I feel like we didn't actually explicitly state that in our coverage of the episode. Yes. Listen, I, the I wanted to shy away from any potential edited. spoilers. Yeah, so <laughs> so based, based on the date of birth, September 24th, the year 2000, yeah. Yeah. this child is Hollyhock. Yes, and the appearance of the baby and the diamond and the pattern on the, yeah, everything about this, like, yeah. Which, we and, now and know. that's what makes it so hard that B has been calling Bojack Henrietta this whole time yeah. because it's literally been like telling Hollyhock who her mom yeah. is mm-hmm. the whole time in front of her, but nobody had the information. So I don't know if you guys remember watching this for the first time at all, but do you know when like it began to click into place for you? Like when you were like, ah, okay, so Hollyhock is Henrietta. And I feel like I've, not till I saw the baby. I was like, holy shit. I, I feel like I was like, you start getting the sense of the timeline when Bojack brings up the Tanya Harding date. (laughs) But even then, until you see, like, when Henrietta's pregnant, I think is when I was like, oh, but is it? When she says it's a female Yeah, I was going to say, I think when she says I'm I'm having it, like, it's going to be a horse, it's going to be a girl or whatever, I think. I was like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing here. Cherry wrote in, holy shit, so glad I discovered this so I can put off doing my actual assignments and write you guys an essay instead. Hell yeah. This episode and giving us an understanding of someone really only previously seen as vile is quite possibly RB Dub's greatest achievement while making it arguably the best episode of the series. 
And Lindsay agrees. I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Seeing her relive the important moments of her life in succession while the light changes with her mood just provides such juicy context. What I really want to talk about is Henrietta's lack of face. Not sure how much I'm reading into this, but it reminds me of the animation in Stupid Piece of Shit and the way Marcy destroyed the photos of Bojack's new (laughs) trigger warning I'm about to say lovers. Lovers. Perhaps because it hurt too much for her to remember her, even though the marriage was clearly shitty beforehand. And I always wish we got more context on Bojack's dad's perspective. But seeing that he wasn't even there for Bojack's birth was, was in fact too much, man. Yep. Okay. And then she says, the way this episode focuses on intergenerational trauma is just so beautiful while being horrifically depressing. If you have advice on how to get my boomer mom to watch a cartoon about an alcoholic horse, please advise. Love you guys. Surf's up. XO, et cetera. I have I have no advice on that. <laughs> I don't know how to make your mom watch a cartoon about an alcoholic horse. Yeah, no. She also wrote a second message separately and said, okay. to add something positive, I also roasted some Brussels sprouts today and I added garlic, bacon, and cheese. I know roasted veggie talk was a very long time ago, but I'm a fairly new <laughs> listener and I wanted to weigh in. <laughs> my, we love roasted veggies. My question with this is, do you see B as a redeemable character? See, I think that that's one of the most complicated things about BoJack as a whole is the discussion of if characters are redeemable. And to me, it's not so much a question of can someone be redeemed? It's a question of can someone's past be so bad that it removes Mm -hmm. culpability for other things that they've done moving forward? And that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a question so much of redeemable or irredeemable. Like, I think B sucks and has done a lot of really bad things and I don't think we can excuse a lot of her really bad behavior but at the same time I think what makes this show special and unique is that it gives you such nuanced characters like nobody is all good or all bad and that's just life and I think that they do such a good job of capturing that here obviously these people are more bad than good but like I think we're getting a more nuanced portrayal of all these characters than I think we can expect from a lot of other shows yeah I think what the show does a great job in is like you guys were saying I don't know if they are ever truly redeemable, but it does a great job of showing us like just exactly why these characters may behave the way they do. And just this, the, these like origin stories and the, through the flashbacks we go into, like at, at the very least we can at least see where Beatrice is coming from. But as far as like, I don't know, she's, she's still very much a dick to her child. I can't. Mm-hmm. And that that is something that is always going to be very tough for me to forgive. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That uh, because she's the adult in that situation, and it's incumbent on her to like break the cycle. Yeah. yeah. Rose says kind of the same thing. Says the show is trying to make me sympathize with Beatrice. There are reasons for her terrible behavior, but it still doesn't justify it, as we've said before in stupid piece of shit with Bojack. Good Completely point. agreed. Yeah. I mean, yep. little Bojack did nothing to deserve this from from his his mom. Yeah. Stefan, same thing. Let's get this out of the way. B sucks and Bojack sucks. But with episodes like this, it's hard not to empathize. Most of us have had bad things done to us and most of us have done bad things. And that's where the show really excels and really hits you. You can hate all of Beatrice or Bojack's actions and yet understand exactly why they do them. Understanding bad things is a hard feeling to grapple with. Yes. Yes. 100%. Good feedback from people. Great feedback. This person's, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Raish, I think says this is such an intense episode for me because I personally lost both my father and grandmother in the span of a few months when I was 20. Both lost their mental capacity before the end but I think that what makes this episode resonate so strongly with people is that it simultaneously paints a portrait of a horrifically typical American family inverting the usual filter of nostalgia and reorients everything that's happened with B in this season so that on the rewatch you can't help but sympathize and recall your own loss. My question for you is do you think Bojack ever moved his mother out of that room? Does B ever eat ice cream? I just discovered this podcast and I'm happy I got to submit a question 
one for my favorite episode. I don't think B has ever had ice cream. She wasn't yeah. allowed. Yeah, I don't think she's ever tried it. And I think like you see it in her face when she's like, it's delicious. Like she says it trying to do it for him, I think, but she has never tried it. She doesn't know. Yeah. That's sad to never have ice cream. Very sad. So many flavors. <laughs> right? So missing out on so much. So much. And then Erica is the last one. Erica says she just discovered the pod. Recently rewatching BoJack, felt the need to discuss it with someone, but I don't have anyone close to me who shares my love for the show. And then I found you and I couldn't be happier. Time Zero destroys me every time. The story is so heavy, both in the past and the present, and the ending never fails to make me tear up. BoJack feels nothing but rage and hate toward his mother, but he is still unable to leave her there confused and scared. He finally shows some empathy toward his dementia-ridden mother by letting her taste the ice cream that she's never actually had, but always dreamed of. Feels like a stab in the heart every single time. I'm sad about B, angry at BoJack, sad for BoJack, generally emotionally gutted and confused. How do you feel about BoJack? in this moment first of all that was good I'm, I'm feeling chills right now just listening to that <laughs> like now I feel way more sad than I did actually watching the episode yeah, yeah no I think like it, it's hard not to sympathize a little bit with Bojack in this moment where it's like I think we've been feeling like he's horrible up until this point but like in the last episode it he says like this is the first thing I didn't ruin like you ruined it and he's being so horrible by being like you're staying here and this is your life but like this moment of him having a little bit of sympathy it's hard not to connect with that yeah i think this was a a great moment for yeah. for bojack the rare the rare very sweet moment for from bojack yeah. and is this like i'm trying to think is this like the rare episode where bojack doesn't really do anything terrible i mean he's not in it a lot i mean the, the thing is is it's still he's leaving her in that horrible home mm-hmm. so like he's still doing a really bad thing in this episode which i do think should be on the list of bad things he's done All right, i think we fine. have to wait and see if he leaves her there Based on everything we know from the last two episodes, he has. And so I think that we, based on that, we should put it on the list. And then we can always remove it from the list if he chooses not to leave her there. Yeah, I think what's what's notable about this, too, is, like, this is where he has the moment to make the fuck you speech, and he doesn't. So, like, I think that, you know, it's maybe he wanted to, maybe that was in his intention all along. But I do think we have to judge him on what he actually does here, and he actually yeah. doesn't do it. And I think that's well, notable. I, I think the thing is, is that... So much of this show as a whole is done in such a way that it makes people kind of identify with Bojack, even when Bojack is a bad person. And yes, he's a bad person, though he's the main character. But there has to be a line mm-hmm. of where Bojack can't do the, like, one really horrible thing. Yeah. Because I, I don't, like, especially in the context of having seen all of Bee's past with this episode and with the the previous episode that I now am blanking on what it was called. What was it? The lake? The The old Sugarman place? Yeah, the old Sugarman place. Thank you. I was like, but my brain's not working. And so in the context of having seen how she grew up, the environment she was in, all of the bad things that have happened to her, if the punctuation on that is Bojack being like, fuck you, mom, that doesn't leave anybody feeling even remotely okay about Bojack. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be such a dagger to to have to watch like oof brutal absolutely brutal Mm -hmm. we have one final piece also from erica she sent a second message and she said notable detail in the opening credits throughout this season bojack takes a sip of coffee and his pupils dilate and he has these kaleidoscope like images of people around him very trippy and we now know as a hint that the coffee was drugged and then she says i have a question for kirsten i'm curious to hear what she thinks about butterscotch horsemen working at a canning factory and coming home saying those fish do not like to be canned more cannibalism? Do you think these are human hybrid fish? Is it like chickens where some are bred for food and some are bred for friends? Unsettling either way. I mean, I think we are only to believe that they have been bred to be food. I don't know, man. Those poor fish. It could be that they just like grab a bus from that 
from under the water that when all the fish are holding on to hooks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, either way, yeah, it's dark. It's very dark. Very. Yes. All right. That's all the they feedback. They are. Yeah, they are all cannibals. We had also Timothy on Twitter just said, like, already? Like, how are we already to the end of season four? Yes. And I oh, agree. Season four has gone very quickly. Completely. It's gone so fast. Too fast. This is our 47th episode of the podcast. Wow. So. Coming up on the big five zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ugh, can't believe it. Can't believe that we're here. I'm sad. I'm sad. But I'm happy that Maddie Fresh was here. So thank you so much for joining us, Matt. Thank you for having me again. Every time I come on, I'm always like, I really hope they invite me again. And then you do. And I'm just so happy every time. <laughs> Even when we're talking about depressing stuff, I'm happy to be here. Follow me on Twitter at MaddieFresh24. I have references. I'm a great follow. (laughs) He is. Thank you. And then, of course, uh, you can listen to me more on my own podcast, The Lonely Boys. Me and my friend Brendan are going through the hit teen drama, Gossip Girl. It's a rewatch for me, watching it for my millionth time. Brendan is new to it, so getting both perspectives. And we're just going episode by episode breaking it down it's it's very fun very funny not not as much depressing stuff as a bojack horseman podcast but still plenty of stuff to talk about and kirsten was on a very recent episode so if you like hearing kirsten you could check that out she was i mean very good i must say i actually had to listen to that one because i did not remember what i said because i was intoxicated at the time (laughs) did you oh so maybe you didn't even notice that uh, i lost 15 minutes of my audio and it was so it just like is just not there. I did notice that it something felt wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it because I was just like mortified <laughs> at every single thing that I said throughout the whole episode. Yes, Kirsten came on fresh off a, a hot tub boat where she was where she was uh, drinking. A hot tub boat. I was intoxicated after the hot tub boat, and I won't apologize for that. I will apologize for being late to that recording, and I was a bit much, but that's fine. Lindsay, are you a Gossip Girl fan at all? I have seen not even one episode of Gossip Girl. Hmm. Well, what if you watch a bunch of episodes and then come on my podcast? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That could be fun. Yeah, so much fun. People love when people don't know what they're talking about (laughs) on a podcast. The thing is, is you could figure it out. You'd be fine. And also, people do love when people don't know what they're talking about because they like my tangents on this podcast. (laughs) They like being able to correct us. Imagine if we had just like not brought up at all that... The baby is Hollyhock, and the emails that we would have gotten. Yeah, oh, man. I, yeah. I, almost, I almost said something, but I was like, is this technically a spoiler? Did they, did they technically say that it, that Hollyhock is the baby in question? <laughs> Similar okay, with last got... time I was on, and I, and I didn't want to say for sure if Sarah oh, Lynn died or not. Oh, that she had died. She died. I almost missed this. We got one more Canadian five-star review. <gasps> Oh, my God. Yeah, as of the 25th. Oh, my God. On my birthday. birthday. Surf's up. Doggy doggy what now? A BoJack Horseman podcast that is not from a male's perspective. What do they know? Do they know things? Hell, yes, they do. Best horse pod out there, hands down. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's great. E-Met. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Love that. Love the Canadian appreciation there. If other people want to make us very happy, you could leave us five-star reviews anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to be a part of the conversation as we get into the as we get further in the series, the topics get juicier. So if you want to be part of that conversation, email us bojackhorsepod at gmail.com or tweet at us at bojackhorsepod. We also have a Google form, tinyurl.com slash bojackhorsepod. And if you want to hear more from Lindsay, go listen to The Simpsons Then and Now. And also her various guest 
podcast appearances. It's out of date, but she was on the Bitter Jurors <laughs> pod recently. Go listen to it. It was very I good. I don't care. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. It was. Very fun. And if you want to hear more from me, follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. At the time that this comes out, I will be having an upcoming appearance on the RHAP patron feed talking about survivors. Ooh. So if you're a patron of RHAP, you can you can check me out there. And also, no, I should have said it last week. It's fine. You can just find me any. Just Google Kirsten McKinnon and you'll find my appearances. <laughs> but also Riverdale is back too. So check out Kowski Cast. But that's it. That's all for Time's Arrow. We will be back next week for... What time is it right now? (laughs) So we'll see you then. Bye.